0: Welcome to the cornerstones of healthy food systems, sharing reflections on the environmental, agricultural, social, and nutritional factors that will form the foundation of healthy food systems and healthy economies. Now, your host, Dr. Mary Lucero.
1: Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode six. Those among you who are really interested in food quality, not only as it hits your plate, but also as it's being grown in the field are going to want to pay special attention because I'm going to talk about some different applications of an old technology that is regaining popularity as consumer interest migrates towards growing and consuming more nutrient-dense whole foods. Now, the technology itself is referred to as refractometry, but if you're in the farming and gardening arena, the term you have more likely heard is bricks. You may have heard of measuring bricks or taking bricks readings. And you may have been told that these bricks readings tell you something about the nutrient status of your plant. While this information is not entirely true, a refractometer does not measure nutrients. The fact is taking regular Brix readings can give you some good indicators of how well your plant as a whole is performing. And if you combine this with other information and observations, then BRICS readings can be powerful quality indicators that help you make decisions that support crop health. If you look at large-scale agriculture, you'll find that growers have many ways to test the quality of the food they're eating. And your commercial produce growers are very well attuned to technologies like laboratory sap analysis and tissue testing that help them make decisions about what nutrients to add to their crops, when to add nutrients, and how to manage those nutrients for quality. But it gets a lot harder as farms become smaller because those technologies are expensive. And so if you have enough acreage, Laboratory testing makes sense. It's going to give you extremely precise information about the health status of your food. But if you're a small farmer, if you're growing a low-value crop, or if you're growing food in your backyard while you're working a full-time job, you may find that you have neither the time nor the resources for it to make sense to send those samples out to get analyzed. And even if you are doing large-scale agriculture, You may be interested in making decisions on the spot and you don't want to wait several days for the latest laboratory analyses. Much like temperature values are expressed as degrees Fahrenheit, bricks are actually expressed as degrees bricks or degrees Celsius. They are measured by harvesting leaves or fruit from a plant and literally squeezing the juice out of that plant tissue. So you do have to sacrifice some tissue or some fruit in order to take your measurement. However, you don't need a lot. A single drop of sap is usually sufficient for the refractometer to determine a brick's value. This value may be identified as the brick score or the bricks values, the bricks readings. Some people will just refer to them as bricks. Now, there are two big benefits to using a refractometer to monitor bricks in your farm or garden. A good refractometer is affordable for most people and will last you a lifetime. Once you have the refractometer and maybe a garlic press to help you squeeze the juice out of your tissue, the only other expense is a few minutes of your time. The second big advantage is speed. If you send a tissue out to a laboratory, it can be days or weeks before you get any feedback from the lab. But your BRICS result is instant. The only real downside to taking BRICS readings is that the values can be influenced by a lot of different factors. And so sometimes the readings can be hard to interpret. So the first BRICS values were established back in the 1800s. When scientists studying refractometry or the bending of light as it passes through various substances, discovered that they could measure this bending of light using an instrument called the refractometer. Furthermore, they found that refractometry is very good at measuring sugars, which are key ingredients in the sap of a plant. Now, if you think about the fact that plants make sugars during the photosynthetic process, it stands to reason that a plant that is actively photosynthesizing is going to be making a lot of sugars. Furthermore, since photosynthesis is the process plants use to provide energy for growth, it stands to reason that a plant that is making lots of sugars in their sap is probably a plant that's doing pretty well. The fact is, kind of like your pulse is an indicator of your general health, the dissolved solids and sugars that are measured using bricks are indicators of the plant health. Now, like your pulse can be elevated for a lot of reasons, or it can be resting for a lot of reasons, a plant's brick score will also go up and down for a number of reasons. You could buy a refractometer They come as handheld and digital models. You can order this thing off Amazon Prime and probably have your refractometer in hand before you can get samples back from a laboratory. It takes you less than five minutes to take a BRICS reading of your plant. And so this is something you could do on a very regular basis and get on-the-spot, real-time readings. A handheld refractometer is going to cost you somewhere in the ballpark of 60 U.S. dollars. Digital ones can cost you $150, $200. Of course, prices vary with gadgets, capabilities, and quality. It's called a refractometer because what this tool is really measuring are degrees of refraction or bending that occur when light passes through a liquid that contains a lot of stuff in it. And so when light passes through a sugar solution, or a solution rich in proteins and the various phytochemicals that plants make along with their sugars, the light bends. And because much of the bending is due to the sugars in the solution, a high bending of the light, giving a high measure of degrees bricks or a high bricks reading, indicates that there's a lot of sugar in that sap. So you can use a BRICS refractometer in agriculture for a number of purposes. When I was first introduced to refractometers, we were using them to measure the sugars in melons that were approaching harvest. If you search around through extension publications and agricultural research bulletins... You can find all kinds of charts showing optimal BRICS levels for melons, for grapes, for many fruits that are high in sugars. More recently, we've seen a lot of interest in BRICS readings by the permaculture and organic and eco-ag communities. And in these communities, BRICS readings are being taken of leaf sap during the growing season and used as indicators of overall plant health. So a very crude estimate of a good BRICS number for a healthy viable plant is somewhere upwards of 12. I hate to put the unit out there without qualifications, so we're going to talk a little bit about what happens if you don't have a BRICS of 12 or why factors that reduce your BRICS quality of 12 may have nothing to do with overall health. So like so many things in life, your technique has a lot to do with getting an accurate BRICS reading. If you're going to use a refractometer for routine crop monitoring, you want to make sure that you're measuring your leaves at the same time every day. Because you want things like light quality to be controlled. Remember that light is important for photosynthesis in a plant. And photosynthesis is the process the plant uses to make sugars. So it should almost go without saying that if you go out there in the middle of the night and take a BRICS reading, there's not going to be a lot going on there. During the day, the sun intensity varies, and so does the temperature, and both of these factors can really influence your brick scores. I like to take my readings about 10 o'clock in the morning. To me, that's a time of day when the sun intensity is fairly high. Of course, I live in the southwest. If you live in the far northern regions of the planet, you might want to go a little later in the day. But I try to avoid the midday sun and the really bright, intense heat of the late afternoon because... At that point, temperature may start to reduce the photosynthetic activity and I may get a lower BRICS reading. I've heard other experts recommend staying between the hours of peak sunlight intensity, which is going to be somewhere between 12 p.m. and 3 p.m. The important take-home message here is to pick a time that's convenient for your schedule and also has light, temperature, and moisture conditions that favor photosynthesis. If you take these readings regularly and compare readings between your real robust, healthy plants and your plants that are kind of sagging and not looking so good, you'll know real quickly what an ideal brix is for your crop. It can be kind of hard to get juice out of a leaf. I usually use a garlic press for my vegetables and forage crops. And if you get a bunch of leaves and really kind of pack them into a ball and squeeze them in the garlic press, you're gonna get a good drop or two sap to put on the refractometer. And all you really need is enough to cover up the lens. Now, as far as other details, I'd really rather you look at the manual that comes with your refractometer because different styles and makes have different quirks to them. So as far as things like cleaning the refractometer, calibrating it and adjusting for the eight-time temperature on your refractometer. All of these protocols will vary depending on the capabilities of your refractometer. The next thing you want to pay attention to is the number of environmental factors that can influence the quality of your readings. I already talked about sunlight and temperature both of these are strong environmental cues that trigger the start and stop of photosynthesis and along with that, trigger the movement of sap and sugars through your plant. Other things that can influence BRICS readings are things in your soil like salinity. If your plants aren't getting good water uptake, they're not going to get good sap readings. And so both soil moisture... And salinity variables will have an influence on your bricks. You will hear many people say that the BRICS is a measure of the nutrients in your plants. And this simply isn't true. All that it's measuring are the sugars and dissolved solids. At the same time, sugars and dissolved solids can be closely correlated with the nutrient status of your plant. So if you consider the example I just gave of plants that have high salinity and because the salts in the soil are so high, the water movement in the plant is slowed, so the sap's not really moving. This means photosynthesis is not occurring at an optimal rate. And you see low bricks. Well, the truth of the matter is that plant is probably not in prime nutritional condition. But if you take very literally this concept that low bricks means low nutrients, you may respond to that drought or salinity problem by adding fertilizer to your plant, and this may actually make the problem worse instead of better. After all, many of our conventional fertilizers anyway are sold in the form of salts. So when you're doing your bricks readings, you need to go in there and look at the plant with a holistic mindset rather than be totally fixed on the idea that low bricks means you need more nutrients. Now, I've been familiar with using bricks for a long time, primarily for fruit quality at harvest. But in recent years, as this idea about making leaf sap readings to guide your nutrient applications in regenerative agriculture has taken hold, I've been real intrigued by it. And so I've been testing it in my own pasture and orchard and vegetable garden over the last couple of years. And one of the really neat recommendations that I was given by a friend of mine who does a lot of crop consulting was the idea of using Brick's readings as a general indicator about how your plant is responding to a new amendment. So let's say that you've been to the garden store and you find this super organic certified mycorrhizal rich product that everybody says is just the cat's meow for your plants. And so you buy this stuff and you bring it home and you get to wondering, well, you know, is it really everything that it's hyped up to be? Well, one thing you can try doing, particularly, this works best for liquid foliar sprays that you can apply to the plant and get a fast response with But if you will just take a bricks reading of your leaves prior to spraying the product on your plant, then spray the product generously. Wait 15 minutes or so for the plant to really start absorbing this and responding. Plants respond very quickly to things that land on them. We like to think the plant is just sitting there because after all, it's a plant. But at the cellular level, there's a lot happening. And so you can spray this on your plant and wait 15 or 20 minutes and take another bricks reading. If the bricks level has jumped by more than three points on that second reading, you've probably given the plant something that's going to respond very positively to. I love trying new ideas like this. So I was very quick to go out and start taking my BRICS readings, spraying the amendment, waiting and checking it again. And sure enough, nine times out of 10, if I was taking the bricks reading at 10 in the morning, spraying the product, waiting 20 minutes or so, and taking a second bricks reading, I often saw changes with those products that I already had the most confidence in. Keep in mind, I'm pretty good at reading a label and knowing what the plant needs at any point in time. I've tried a few negative controls, so I will take bricks reading and then apply some salt water to the leaves. And guess what? Those bricks go down. Yeah, it's not rocket science, salt water is not good for your plants, and I don't do this very often, but it did give me some confidence in the method. If you're going to use this practice or adopt this practice in your own operation, I encourage you to try it out a few times But as with any time you're measuring bricks, be careful to look at the entire situation and don't limit your conclusions strictly to the bricks reading. Let me give you an example of this that I observed working with a grower in a greenhouse. I was invited to come to this greenhouse to evaluate what he was doing because he was having some problems with his plants and he had some questions. So one thing I did while we were there is I took some bricks readings. Now, I had already walked around and observed his operation. We talked about what he was using in the way of fertilizers and watering schedules and climate control and all these other basic factors. And for the most part, the plants looked pretty good other than there were some mite and aphid problems that he was becoming quite frustrated with. Now, what you hear from the eco-agriculture advocates is that once those plant leaf bricks levels exceed 12, you stop seeing pests because the plant, by that time, the plant is so well-fed and in such a good health status that it's fully capable of repelling the insects on its own. But in the case of this greenhouse situation, we took the bricks readings And those leaf bricks came in at four. And I myself was shocked because I did expect them to be low, but I had never seen readings in the four to five zones. And we took a few leaf readings and they were all coming out somewhere between four and five. It was a crop I wasn't real familiar with. And so again, we we looked at the whole picture, but I did express concern that something was not good. And we pulled soil samples and talked about salinity because the other obvious sign I was seeing was some salt deposits on top of the soil. But what puzzled me was that I applied a spray mix that I knew was rich in really good organic nutrients that plants generally respond very positively to. And we waited 20 minutes and I took another Bricks reading and the biggest response I saw, we actually tried a few different nutrient mixes on different plants. The biggest response I saw was about eight tenths of a bricks. So, bottom line, none of my best power blends were having the desired effect according to the bricks test. Now, it crossed my mind that because the bricks was so low, it may be that the plant wasn't able to respond a full three bricks unit. But I also wanted to be cautious about not recommending a product that wasn't going to give the benefit. So we decided to take some soil and leaf tissue samples and send them off to the lab and keep working till we solved the problem. As I recall, my visit was on a Wednesday or a Thursday. We took the samples, we mailed them to the lab, The weekend came, and on Saturday, the grower called me in a panic because the plants were wilting all around him. He sent me some photographs of the plants, and frankly, I panicked too. This guy was about to lose his entire crop. So I called him up and asked him to take a look at those plants we had sprayed. I was relieved to see that not one of the plants we had sprayed was wilted. And the plant that had the eight-tenths of a brick increase was clearly benefiting from the spray we had applied. So the grower sprayed the entire greenhouse with that product, and the plants immediately began looking better. Now, as it turned out, the salts in the soil were a problem, and we still had some work to do to optimize his growing operation. But the experience gave me a boost of confidence in this very simple technique for quickly figuring out what your plant needs. No great tool works for every job, and my experience using Brick's measurements to guide apple production in our own orchard was very different. You see, apples are woody plants, and their leaves have a very thick cuticle on the surface So in our orchard, what I discovered is that my garlic press wasn't going to get a drop of juice out of those leaves. I aired my frustrations to my husband, and he very kindly went to the shop and welded a giant screw press. I could put five times the number of leaves in that screw press that I could put into a garlic press. I could put Endless amounts of pressure on this thing. So very excited, I stuffed it full of leaves and started to squeeze the juice out of them. And I squeezed a lot of wet plant tissue through the press, but I didn't get a drop of sap. I finally decided that in our dry climate and under our growing conditions, this simply isn't a technique that's going to work for my apples Hopefully, by sharing both these examples with you and giving you this basic orientation into the value of bricks, I can encourage you to try this out as it suits your operation, see how it works for you, but don't become too black and white in your interpretation of what those bricks units mean. While high bricks can correlate with good plant nutrition, It is not going to be your sole indicator. And so you need to use it as part of an integrated monitoring and management program, not as a crystal ball. That's all I have for you on BRICS today. But if you want to dive even deeper into the subject, I have included a few links in the show notes that will help you find more information. Today's episode was supported by funding from USDA's Western SARE program through Project FW22-399. You can find a link to the project description down in the printed show notes.
0: You have been listening to the Cornerstones of Healthy Food Systems podcast. This podcast is produced by Indified Enterprises, LLC. You can subscribe to our podcast at endofight.com or look for us on your favorite podcast directory. Information or products referenced in any episode can be found in the show notes associated with that episode. These notes may contain links to our online courses or services. They may also contain links to affiliate sites. Purchases made through these links help support our efforts to produce this podcast.